It's interesting. Over the years, we still fight. Oh, yeah. Uh, early on, even in fact, in our vows um, and in our premarital counseling, we were talking about, okay, let's not let the sun go down while we're still angry. Mm-hmm. What that ended up happening, you know, while we were dating and while we were early. We took it, just, it literally. Yeah, we literally like didn't go to bed until 3 or 4 a.m. Because we were trying to work stuff out. And right. I mean, you cannot think at 3 a.m. <laughs> There's no sort of resolution that's going to happen. Nope. <laughs> so we so so it's 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 evolved over the years. Mm-hmm. Right. How we how we dealt with conflict. Right. And how fast we've been able to resolve it. We yes. still fight. Right. But before when it might have been days mm-hmm. where things might have been awry or it's just it's not really working that well. It's 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 turned, I think, into hours. Hopefully minutes, but it's still hours. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Welcome to Undiscussed, the show where we talk about things Christians should talk about, but often don't. This week, we talk with Christina and Daniel M. about relationships, marriage, sex, and everything in between. Welcome to another episode of Undiscussed, the show where we talk about things Christians should talk about, but often don't. My name is Patrick. And I'm Eric. And uh, we're here on this episode talking about marriage and relationships and sex and all of that sort of stuff. Yeah, um, this is going to be a fun episode. Uh, I feel like relationships at large, uh, regardless of what they look like, um, are often kind of a funny topic with Christians. Uh, Even like dating is interesting. Uh, Nobody really knows what dating is or what it isn't. Um, Maybe not nobody. So here's the thing, too. Uh, With this show, it seems like we're making sweeping generalizations. Um, Well, we are, in in a way. We definitely are, and we should probably do that less. But things Christians should talk about but often don't, usually we're talking about, you know, like in your circle, maybe you don't talk about things super often um, or these specific things that we talk about. Uh, maybe you do talk about them, but someone else probably doesn't. Uh, and every every Christian community is kind of unique in that way. But this topic is a little bit different in that when you, when you talk about marriage and relationships and stuff, there's some people who just don't shut up about these things. Yeah. And uh, But as we've talked about in some other episodes... There's a difference between talking about something constantly and having healthy or whole conversations about that thing. Yeah. And uh, so hopefully uh, we're going to add to the to the side of health today. Yeah, hopefully. You you, th- you hear, oh, Christians don't talk about relationships or marriage, and you're probably like, ha, yeah, right. I hear about it all the time. Um, Especially my grandma. She's asking me, you know, who are you dating? And exactly. when are you going to get married? I want some grandkids, all that sort of stuff. Yeah, so hopefully we're just, we want to take it into a, a, you know, a good direction, have a good discussion about it, uh, have a helpful one, and maybe point out the ways in which we can improve ha- those conversations, ways that we can have more helpful, more productive conversations. Um, and kind of just help the community in that way. And even ourselves, we learn all the time on this podcast. Yeah. And so we have some very important guests. <laughs> no, you can't, you can't come in yet. We had like seven or eight puns all lined up. We were going to toss it back and forth. This is good. Rewind. This is good. <laughs> <laughs> that was very impromptu. And uh, you jumped in there. But anyway. I can't, you know what's funny? I was making these jokes all day and now I can't think of a single in joke. <laughs> That's impossible. It's crazy. The pressure is building. That's right. Yeah. I feel like we need to have some like hashtags going on yeah. here. Yeah, yeah. We'll list all of them afterwards. It would be very hashtags. impractical if you forgot all your lines. So Daniel, 
Camille and Christine M <laughs> is the reason we're making these jokes today. Um, welcome to the podcast, Daniel and Christina. Thank you so much. We're so excited to be a part of this. Yeah, it's exciting. So you guys are in Nashville. Uh, tonight here uh, in Guelph, it is minus five. There's about four inches of snow on the ground. I'm, I'm assuming it's about the same there. Not quite. <laughs> um, and now it was cold last it week. It was, but now I feel like I'm like, oh, minus five. What is that in Fahrenheit? Yeah. So we've been in Nashville for four years now. And the first year I was like, no way. I'm using Celsius. I don't care the rest of the world uses this we are going to use celsius and then my kids had no idea what we we're talking about because yeah. they went to school and they're like mommy they say it's they 90 yeah. Like, yeah. what is like, that what's 90? mean <laughs> like so, i'm tired yeah, of saying it's 32 yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so in celsius it's about 10 degrees right now yeah mm-hmm. oh yeah. what a beautiful night no snow this is the the part of the the show where we talk about the things canadians love to talk about yeah. uh the weather <laughs> Yes, Americans too, very much so. We're um, in our fall slash winter, I guess, and it's also yeah. another opportunity for tornadoes to spin up out of nowhere. Which is oh my goodness, completely different because we both grew up in Canada. Yes, so, yeah. it's actually pretty frightening. I remember yeah. we went to go visit our neighbor. I think the second day we moved in, and she has the same layout as our house. And the first thing she said to me, she's like, "Do you know where your tornado shelter is?" And I'm like. <laughs> tornado what (laughs) and she's like let me show you and she like pulled open the door that is under the stairs oh my and she's like this is where you need to go i'm like okay why did god call us here (laughs) whereas growing up in vancouver everything was earthquake drills true so so i think when the first tornado warning came i just went into my earth earthquake drill mode i was like (laughs) Uh, it's not the get same under thing. Table, yeah, just, cover your head. <laughs> just get under a door jam. I was like, that's not going to save you from a tornado. Nope. <laughs> oh, nope. Starting to feel a lot it better like... about our snow all of a sudden. Yeah. <laughs> that's true. And we have like crazy spiders and they're like poisonous yeah. and all of that. Hey, but so. it's 10 degrees. So, yeah. So, <laughs> oh, oh, man, we can yeah. still bike outside. Yeah. <laughs> now, you, you said that it was. Uh, God's fault that you were there. Um, what uh, what took you down to Nashville from Canada? Yeah, the land of spiders and tornadoes. Yeah. Yes. So so Christina was born in Toronto. Mm-hmm. Uh, grew up in Ottawa. I was born in Vancouver. Born and raised in Vancouver. So we've lived in a ton of different places. But most recently, uh, we were living in Edmonton, Alberta. I was pastoring there, and and it was basically for work that brought us down here. So I work for Lifeway Christian Resources. So uh, many of you might not know. I didn't know what that was no. when I was pastoring up in I Canada. Think they, well, I knew Beth Moore. Yeah. Um, so my mom actually thought that you were going to work for Beth Moore. Yes. And I started telling all her Bible yeah. study ladies. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, no, he's going to get your autograph. Yeah. Don't worry. Yeah, we all work for Beth Moore down <laughs> <Yeah>. here. So. <laughs> no, yeah. So that's, yeah, not Beth Moore, but Lifeway is the, the reason we came down here. Mm-hmm. But have you met Beth Moore? No, I haven't. No. Um, I've been to her conferences. I haven't met her personally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. I follow her on Twitter, so I feel like we're best friends. Yeah. Oh, she, of course. She writes of to course, you every yeah. day. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> can you, you let her alerts. know? Can you let her know that we're here? <laughs> I love you, Beth Moore. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, so we, we have you guys specifically on the podcast um, because, well, you guys have your own podcast uh, in which you talk about things uh, that often overlap with the, the subjects that we cover as well. The in-between podcast. Mm-hmm. Yes, we do. We talk about marriage and parenting and faith and sort of everything in between, as we say it. <laughs> <laughs> 
Someone has to have a tally. How many times are we going to say that? Right. <laughs> Mom. We'll have yeah. a counter. We'll, we'll put a ding noise every time someone says something <laughs> yes. unrelated. Right. Exactly. <laughs> that like, hey, that was easy. Yeah. Remember yeah. that button? Yeah. <laughs> it will be unintentional from this point forward, yeah. but uh, it will probably still happen. But uh, I'm wondering, does that negate our whole topic? They have a whole podcast, Pat, dedicated to talking about these things. Does that mean that it is actually discussed? Uh, yeah, so we should pretty much pack up and leave. <laughs> We're done. <laughs> Our podcast is useless. What are we doing? No, I think I, I think it actually just makes them more qualified uh, to speak about these things. And yeah. it's nice to have a couple talking about these things as opposed to just one half of a relationship and so uh, we're excited to have you guys yeah it's fun yeah exactly and I and I want to say too that we really felt um, as we were starting our our podcast and tr- praying about you know where God is leading us to to fit into a niche and we just really felt there was a lot of stuff in marriage and parenting that wasn't necessarily talked about or you're you know always consulting these experts who you think they know everything and really they may you know, focus on one or two things. Mm-hmm. And then there's a lot of other stuff that they don't, they don't talk about because maybe they're not so great at it or they don't feel comfortable with it because they're not quote unquote experts. Yeah. And so we really wanted to dialogue and open that discussion of y'all, it's okay to not have every, everything together. It's okay to, you know, struggle. Um, but at the same time, I think that as Christians, especially that, um, the world today, there's a lot of marriages that are falling apart in the Christian world or in the non-Christian world. Mm -hmm. And I just think how amazing, um, if we can have a strong marriage built on Christ and a strong family, I think right away that you're the light of the world that way, right? Like, because there's so many people who are not growing up with a mom or a dad together. Yeah. Yeah. And on top of that, I mean, the fact that. We're in our 30s mm-hmm. um, and been married for 12 years, have three kids. By no means, even if you listen to our podcast, do we say we're experts no. or we know everything. Exactly. But we just find, hey, I mean, there's hopefully we can encourage, you know, we're just hoping to, to be able to encourage those who are uh, coming after us and mm-hmm. those who have gone before us as well and who are kind of in the same the same boat as us. Right. So, you know. Yeah, we pretty much qualify every single episode we have with the fact that we're not experts. And I'm pretty sure people know by now that we're definitely not experts at anything. Um, But we also make that clear, too, because we're just having the conversation. I think a lot of the reason why things go undiscussed is because people are afraid to be the ones to bring it up. And then how do you Mm. ever talk about anything if you're always afraid that you're going to get it wrong and therefore shouldn't speak? So we encourage failure here. (laughs) We we set the example and then uh, we just uh, let it happen. Exactly. Fail forward. It's our hashtag. (laughs) Yeah. And (laughs) one of of our guests uh, said that very Canadian thing because uh, in Canadian culture, he remarked that uh, I'm going to, quote him poorly, so I'll just paraphrase. Uh, if you don't know what to do, you do nothing. Mm-hmm. And uh, hmm. because uh, it's all about comfort. Canadians love being comfortable. And so to be the person who would bring discomfort is like anathema. Yeah, it's like we're mm. hobbits. We don't disturb I the do peace. I do see that. We just, uh... That's interesting, yeah. <laughs> right. Where I feel like since we've lived in America for four years, I mean, I think there's comfort in the way that you want, like worldly comfort, sort of that, you mm. know, pick up yourself by your bootstraps and whatnot. But I think, and this is another generalization, the longer we've been here, the more we feel like people want to hear uh, your opinions 
and they want to be able to have the opportunity to shut you down too. (laughs) (laughs) It's sort of that way. Like you're not going to be shy about, you know, I remember I think the first or second year, especially with all of the um, voting happening and and all of that. And friends were just going back and forth and back and forth. And we didn't want to get in the middle of it. So we Mm. literally just sat there and I felt so quote unquote Canadian, the fact like I was afraid to say something and afraid to address different things to, you know, rock the boat, so to speak. Um, I don't know about you, Daniel, but four years into it, I'm like, all right, let's go, guys. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting to see the dynamics, how the dynamics change and even Uh just the entrepreneurial culture. Yes. That's down here and and how just the, I I guess the longer we've been living in the States, the more we realize just how different the two countries are. Right. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of times, I mean, Canadians know that Americans are different, but Americans don't know that Canadians are different. Uh, Americans don't really know that Canadians necessarily exist. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry to say. And it's fascinating. It's true. Yeah, because it's it feels like Canadians have this uh, this dual they're kind of bipolar when it comes to America. It's like (laughs) they hate America, but they're also obsessed with America. True. Right. It's it's interesting the way that it comes on our, you know, Canadians, you know, comes on our news and it just I mean, nothing in Canada really makes the news down here. Except the law y'all just passed. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, marijuana. Oh. Yeah, yeah yes. the marijuana one. Oh, that yeah. Everyone's was, talking about that, that here. That was like, oh, wow. Like, new spring break kind of destination. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, oh gosh. No, no, one, <laughs> no one will come to Canada yeah. for spring break. <laughs> yeah, it's too, too cold here. You can just, I mean, Colorado's pretty cold, but they, yeah. got, they got legalization yeah. there too, right? That's, yeah. That's true. <laughs> I remember going to visit my friend's uh, grandma on spring break it was a random trip and we like road tripped out to Winnipeg in the middle of winter and the oh border my guard, why would you do that this why is exactly you, it yeah. the, it was just a crazy thing that we decided to do last minute and we went we didn't tell her we surprised her and the border guards almost didn't let us in because they're like no that story is too crazy. They like pulled us over, went through the whole car because they were convinced <gasps> wow. that we were like smuggling drugs or something because <laughs> wow. uh, nobody would go to Winnipeg in the middle of winter for spring break. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah. I don't know if how many people would go to Winnipeg like in the summer too. I remember going oh, and I got eaten yeah, alive by mosquitoes. I know. Completely. Yeah. I don't know. That was a long time ago. So, y'all, yeah. if Winnipeg has gotten its stuff together, I'm yeah. so sorry. I apologize. Yeah. Hey, but the Jets are doing well. So, <laughs> yes, you got that going for you. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, anyone listening uh, from Winnipeg, uh, sorry about your weather, but hey, you got a great hockey team. So, yeah. yeah that's great. There you go. <laughs> That's all that counts, right? Yes, exactly. Don't worry. Hey, you got Canada Tim Hortons up there too, yeah. right? You yeah. don't have Tim Hortons here. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's let's maybe dive into the topic at hand. And okay. uh, the first thing I want to ask, just open-ended, what uh, would you guys say are the topics within uh, marriage and relationships and sex that, or maybe you can take one of them, that often get left undiscussed? Hmm. Wow, that's a really good question. I was like, oh, are you going to talk? <laughs> you can go first this if you want. This is a pondering sure. moment. Um, yes, it was. Well, I think in terms of marriage, I wonder how many people are able to really say, hey, we're struggling here. 
So because I've had private conversations with people like, you know, the wife or whatnot and really saying like, yeah, this is really, really difficult, um, but not necessarily a place to turn to. And I think like, you know, your pastor and all that is great. I think on the other hand, um, not that many pastors, especially I think the the quote normal church, I say quote unquote, the size is usually about 200. And so you don't necessarily have the opportunity to have a counselor on staff and the pastor. I mean, Daniel, you can talk about this too. I mean, an MDiv or different, you know, masters in that way, uh, a masters of theology, you get what one counseling course yeah yeah and so really it's just sometimes i feel like they're just kind of quoting scripture at you and now go home and and pray about it and you're like well i mean i'm trying here but i don't necessarily have the tools to be able to continue to work on it and especially if one spouse isn't necessarily wanting to work on the marriage it's true when you think about when do people reach out for help Right. Mm -hmm. And especially in this perception of, hey, on social media, you always post all the good stuff. Yeah. Right. You always post all. And that's and and that's I mean, that's I think one of the biggest things where if all we're doing is scrolling through our feeds and all we see is the good family outings or the game nights or or the happy marriage date nights and everyone's dressed up. All the kissy kissy. Yeah, exactly. And you're sitting at home having fought with your spouse and, you know, the kids are they just fell asleep and it's 930 at night and your 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 sink is full of dishes and you don't want to clean up and you're like man this sucks yeah (laughs) my my life sucks but look at how great oh they had a day night and it's a weeknight like how is that possible how did they swing that right so there's this constant whether you're married or not i mean that's just life in general where we're just constantly comparing ourselves right Mm -hmm. we're comparing our behind the scenes with other people's highlight reels right we're always doing that so as a result when do you ask for help Exactly. Right. So do you only ask for help when your marriage is falling apart and your spouse is about to walk out on you? A lot of times that's when people ask. Yeah. Yeah, But that's not the right time to ask for help. No. Right. It needs to be way before that. So we're hoping to, I mean, how do you, how do you actually equip people, equip marriages, husbands and wives with tools to have healthy conversations? Continually and honest conversations. And that happens over time, right? It's like the onion um, layers peeling back Mm -hmm. over time. So, and I also think, Daniel, you brought up a brilliant point about social media. Yeah. I mean, really, we are one of the first generations that are married and have can remember having the internet. Yeah. So remember not having the internet. Sorry, remember not having the internet. You're right. I do remember having the internet. Thank (laughs) you. Um, But so, how do you navigate a relationship? relationship with that Mm -hmm. even like we had talked on our podcast as well like the issues of pornography Mm -hmm. and how it can affect a marriage and so you know before uh, if you didn't have the internet, you had to go to the, you know, the depreneur or whatever and... and Ooh, bring out your French. I'm fancy now, guys. No, you gotta say it like a Quebecois. No, like, I'm not gonna put it. I have like a Nashville accent, apparently. I can't Depaneur, y'all. <laughs> That's ugly. That's just ugly. Not gonna touch that. So, but yeah, and just the fact that it's right at our fingertips, like that, mm. you know, a husband or wife could go into the bathroom and and mm-hmm. take their phone and, you know, look at whatever they want to. Mm-hmm. So trying to navigate all of that. Yep. I think it's this is this is something new that we're all facing. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I think there's something about the rhetoric uh, within the church about marriage that kind of sets people up for failure because when you're single in the church, all anyone ever talks about is you finding someone to date and then getting married. Mm-hmm. And then it's as if like you get married and you arrive and then nobody talks about them anymore. They're focused on the other people who, who want mm. to, or they want to get married. And I think right. it can lead to these like false expectations of like, oh, you know, marriage is what's going to solve all of my problems. I, I'm going to get married and I'm no longer going to struggle with lust. My money problems are going to go out the door. Mm-hmm. I'm always going to have this wonderful, lovely, attractive person to support everything I do and agree with all my decisions. And of course, you would never say that out loud because it sounds ridiculous. But I think in practice, just the way that people kind of almost obsess about marriage and just getting there and not talking about the realities as openly sets a lot of people up to have really false expectations of it. Right. Yeah, it's it's fascinating. When you look at Philippians, uh, in Philippians chapter 4, Paul, the author, says something very fascinating, right? And he's kind of ending ending the letter. And anytime we read a letter, we always got to remember, hey, he wrote the letter to someone and, and there's context that goes beyond that. So behind that. So when you look at what how Paul ends that letter, the guy's in prison. The guy's in prison. He's been shipwrecked. He's been jailed. He's, I mean, there's, he's there, everything that you can think of, both the highs and the lows, he's experienced. And he says something fascinating at the end of this letter. He says, I don't say this out of need, for I have learned to be content in whatever circumstances I find myself. Mm. I know both how to make do with little and I know how to make do with a lot. In any and all circumstances, I've learned, and get this, he says, the secret of being content, whether well-fed or hungry, whether in abundance or in need. I mean, who can say that? Right? Who? Can, I mean, I know there are people who say that, but come on, it's <laughs> really like, have you that. really? Yeah, yeah. It's like, have you really experienced that? Was like life? after Thanksgiving dinner, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm really <laughs> content. Or, or it's like a 13 year old. I was like, oh, you know, I've beaten Fortnite, or I've, you know, I was like, I have like, I've learned the secret of being content, or you know, it's just like, no. I mean, but you look at the life that Paul had lived, mm-hmm. and it was like, there's, there's weight and there's credibility beyond that, behind that. So the thing about contentment, even Pat, as you were talking about this idea idea of, oh, maybe marriage will make my, uh, will make me content. Maybe marriage will make me happy. Well, when you get there, you realize, well, that, that doesn't actually happen. And it's like, oh, maybe kids will make me content or maybe a job will make me content or a vacation will make me content. And it's just, it's this, it's this pursuit of the wind. It's this pursuit of the wind. And I love explaining contentment like this, right? When you look at what Paul said, he said, I'm running the race of faith, right? I've, I, I'm, I'm, he's, he says that in the previous chapter, this idea that this, this journey of knowing God is not about getting to a destination. It's this direction that we're moving on. So think about it like this. Imagine you're sick. Imagine you're not feeling well. Imagine you're getting over the flu and it's been three days, right? You've kind of been locked up in your house. Feeling icky. Yeah, icky. You just, you just, you just don't feel you don't feel the way you did three days ago but you just don't feel good and then one of your friends calls you up and they're like hey let's go for a hike and you're like i don't what do you you even know who i am who hikes like i don't like hiking right and like that let's say that's you and you're like and plus i don't feel well and they're like you know fresh air is good for you you should probably get out so 
because they're your friend. You're like, okay, well, I haven't really had any human contact for the last three days, so it should be okay. So you go out on a hike. You're walking on the hike. You're connecting with your friend. Uh, you're crunching on the fall leaves. Uh, and then it, let's say it's, it's the fall, right? It's autumn. And you look up and all of a sudden you just see all the colors of the fall. Mm-hmm. Right. You see um, just crimson, you know, chocolate leaves, just all these different colored leaves all around you. And as you've been walking and as you've been connecting and as you've been going along, all of a sudden you're like, hey, I actually feel pretty good. Mm-hmm. Right. You, 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 you don't feel sick anymore. And you're actually enjoying hiking because of the beauty and because of the conversation and because of everything that's going around you. Well, you look behind you and you're like, when did I start feeling this way? And there's no moment along the journey where you can really pinpoint that. And that's almost what it feels like to be content, to be content in Christ and what Paul was talking about. He was like, hey, I'm walking this journey. I'm drawing closer to Christ. I'm knowing God day in and day out. And wait a second, all of a sudden, I've learned the secret of being content. Right. And 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 the the lie that the enemy says, the lie that this world gives us is, more buy this or get rid of mm-hmm. this or get this or achieve this, then you'll be content. But the guy who knows the secret of being content, I mean, I think there's something to learn from that. True. And I want to say too, Daniel, that you're talking about Paul. Mm-hmm. I mean, he learned contentment through suffering. Mm-hmm. So I think another thing that I, I, I don't know about anybody else, but for me in the church and in context of marriage, how many times do we talk about suffering? Yeah. How many times do we talk about that? Y'all, we are going to go through hard times, mm-hmm. but like it says in James, it says, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you experience various trials, because you know that the testing of your faith produces endurance and let yeah. endurance have its full effect so that you may be mature and complete, lacking nothing. Mm. So the fact that it's suffering, but then you turn it around and you're talking about endurance. Mm. Like if we can talk about a race, like we always talk about running the race of faith, maybe by ourselves, but as married couples, we are one. Yeah. So we are running this faith together. That means that there is going to be suffering and there is going to be a fact that we need to endure mm-hmm. and yeah. that there will be joy. Yeah. And we're talking about contentment, right? We're talking about suffering and we're talking about the hard times in marriage, but marriage is fun. Yeah. I mean, I yeah, love There is a lot. There's a lot of good married. things about marriage. But, but the sure. thing is, it's, it's who are you focusing in on? Mm-hmm. Right. And anytime we find marriages begin breaking down and relationships start getting troubled and and hurtful is because all of a sudden, instead of running the race, pointing toward that that focal point of God Mm -hmm. and, and instead of focusing on God and running toward Jesus in that way, you are looking at each other or you're looking at yourself. And when that ends up happening, yeah, yeah, completely. And when you do that, all of a sudden you're like, wait, actually, this you you don't you I, I don't feel content or, or this this isn't what you promised or this isn't what it used to be or this mm-hmm. isn't what I signed up for because when when you start turning inward when you start placing your focus off of God what ends up happening is you 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 begin living a posture of getting right right Bad and all you want is all you want is to all, all you want to do is get right get 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 yeah i mean for example you know eric and pat if i if we went to starbucks together or we went to timmy's together and 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 you were starbucks. you were planning you, on buying me a coffee just me? just stay with starbucks we don't need okay. to talk about that other <laughs> that other thing that sometimes people call okay coffee. So, are you even so, from canada eric 
I I love a good Canadian company, but the swill that comes in those cans. It was not even Canadian cups. anymore, yeah, guys. Burger King bought it. Yeah. yeah sellouts. <laughs> anyway, so let's say we're going to Starbucks. And let's say you guys, before we go, you know, we, we were we were in, in the car getting ready to go there and you were planning on buying me coffee. Right, like, let's just, you you just you were you're generous guys, and you were planning on buying me coffee, and then we get in. I order first, and then the barista says, "Oh, is this separate or is it is it together?" And I'm like, "Oh, it's together. They you know they're gonna buy it for me, right?" And and you didn't tell me that you were gonna buy me coffee. You were just going to do it, right? Imagine how you would feel. You're like, well, what? Totally okay, used, man. You're totally yeah. using me. Yeah, even though you were gonna buy it, even though you're versus. Uh, let's say, I'll, you know, they're like, oh, are you going to do this yourself? Or, you know, I was like, oh, you know, I, I, I start taking out my wallet or I'm like, oh, actually, I'll buy it for them. Mm-hmm. Right. Imagine the, the posture. It's such a change. Now, when it comes to marriage, if both sides are saying, hey, I just want to get I'm going to clean the floors so that I can get. Uh, you know, football watching time or I'm going to, <laughs> yeah, or hockey watching, you know, I'm going to do this, you know, uh, that I'm going to cook dinner so that I can now go out with my friends, you know, and every time a marriage and a relationship, not even just even in dating, mm-hmm. any time the relationship turns into how much can I get, you actually begin in, you know, kind of putting toxicity into the relationship right and i think i think sometimes it's expectations and assumptions that are built into that as well it's like i'm assuming that if i do this i'm going to get i'm assuming Mm -hmm. that i can play this one up one down relationship game or uh you know those sorts of things so you said i think you said you're 12 13 years in yeah 12 years years. 12 years do you has this been an evolution for you guys? Do you remember the early days? You guys obviously got it like right away, right? Yeah, you were perfect <laughs> oh, right yeah. from the start. Selfless, uh, humble, generous, check, 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 all the time, <laughs> all the time. Did I and mention humble? Is, I was going to say, and this is where the marriage breaks down right here. <laughs> well, and I'm sure Christina, she was reading that James passage, like, consider it pure joy. She's like, that's me all yeah. the time. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Consider it pure joy when your husband leaves the Tupperware lids drying and you don't know why. Consider it pure joy when... <laughs> Not being all, very specific at all. <laughs> all the little totally things random. that turn into big things somehow, yeah, somehow, true. somewhere. Yeah. It's interesting over the years, we still fight. Oh, yeah. Uh, early on, even in fact, in our vows um, and in our premarital counseling, we were talking about, okay, let's not let the sun go down while we're still angry. Mm-hmm. What that ended up happening, you know, while we were dating and while we were early. We took just, it literally. Yeah, we literally like didn't go to bed until 3 or 4 a.m. Because we were trying to work stuff out. And right. I mean, you cannot think at 3 a.m. <laughs> there's no sort of resolution that's going to happen. Nope. <laughs> so we so so it's 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 evolved over the years. Mm-hmm. Right. How we how we dealt with conflict. Right. And how fast we've been able to resolve it. We yes. still fight. Right. But before when it might have been days mm-hmm. where things might have been awry or it's just it's not really working that well. It's 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 turned, I think, into hours. Hopefully minutes, but 
it's still hours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, yes. and I think we've learned um, two things. One are triggers. Mm, yeah, so sure. like if I'm tired or hungry, this is not a time to have a full blown out conversation. Mm-hmm. Uh, number two, I think we learned a lot throughout the years about just the way that our fa- we were raised and seeing our parents handle conflict or not handle conflict and realizing that we were emulating mm. some of the stuff that we had seen or not seen. And then realizing, oh, that's the way we they did it. But that doesn't work for our relationship. Yeah. So we need to figure out what works for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you always result. You always you always turn back to your defaults. Mm-hmm. You always turn back to your normals. Yeah. Right. So you you parent the way that you've been parented. You lead the way you've been led. You teach the way that you've been taught. You kind of relationship the way that you've seen relationships uh, unless you consciously do so otherwise. Mm-hmm. Right. And and. There are certain things in our life where maybe we saw a fight from our parents or we saw something happen in broader public or among our friends. And we're like, we are, I'm not going to be like that. And you're not like that. But when it comes to coasting, when it comes to the defaults, there's so many normals. There's so many things we do in marriage and in life that no one ever told you is a good idea. And neither if you someone were to ask you, do you think that's a good idea? You probably would say like, I actually, that's that's probably not a good idea. Yeah. But you do it because it's just default. It's normal. Mm -hmm. So part of the growth, not only in marriage, but just in yourself. Yes. Especially if you're single is Mm -hmm. just understanding what are those normals? What are my defaults? Uh, Because that's going to help you learn to live with someone else. Mm-hmm. And learn to just not even live with someone else, but just learn to relate yeah, exactly. to your friends, to church members, to co-workers, so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. After the break, we talk about conflict in marriage and how couples can work through it. Hey, Pat, what would you say is your worst hang up? I'm not fully sure I know what it means to have a hang up. <laughs> okay. Um, a hang up is kind of like a barrier or something in your life that's blocking you from moving forward. Uh, like procrastination. Yeah, or like perfectionism or passive aggressiveness or other P... No, it doesn't have to be P words. Yeah. Oh, okay. So they could be all the letters of the alphabet. Yes. Cool. Um, I'll adopt the P ones, actually. I'm a, I'm a P man myself. Pat. Patrick, I struggle with perfectionism and procrastination. They're actually pretty linked. Well, this week, our episode is sponsored by Celebrate Recovery, which is a biblically-based 12-step program to help people with issues in their life that are causing hurt, hang-ups, or habits. Wow, it's really cool that that even exists. Yeah, and, you know, good alliteration there as well with the H's. I think it also connects with some of the topics we've been talking about, like mental health, abuse, addiction, because hurts left undealt with often lead to dysfunction. Dysfunction sucks. I know. I have a bunch of it, so I could probably uh, deal with some hurts. Yeah, and there are over 80 local groups uh, all over Canada, each with amazing stories of hope, healing, and restoration. So you can learn more and get connected at celebraterecovery.ca. All one word, celebraterecovery.ca. You guys had talked uh, a bit earlier about... um, people not expecting it to be hard or people not talking about the hard things or being real. Um, what would you say are, are some of the, like maybe we can just even bang them out, list them off. What are some of the key or common things that are hard for people that they don't see coming or don't expect? 
Um, I would think right off the bat, and this has been a lot of my story, is I knew who I was and found my identity in what I did. Mm. So for work. And then um, under many different circumstances, had children and then became a stay-at-home mom. Um, and felt that's where I was supposed to be and that was where God was calling me to serve my husband and my children and family. But at the same time, really feeling lost. Like I remember two times praying and I literally said, God, you have forgotten about me Mm. because I have all these passions. I have all these dreams. I know my calling to do so on and so forth. But I can't right now Mm. because, you know, my husband's working full time and, you know, doing a second job or going to school and the kids need me at home and so on and so forth. And just feeling like sort of like I know I'm supposed to be a butterfly, but I feel like I'm in the cocoon and it's not Mm. ready to go yet. And so I struggled with that for a good probably, I don't know, seven, eight years. Mm. And now just in hindsight, looking back and seeing, oh God, this is the time that you were preparing me. Not necessarily like the desert places because he was so there and so present with me, but it was just a different season. And so I I feel like maybe it would have been a little bit more helpful to have older women to speak into my life and be like, this is going to be a hard time, Christina. Um, And to maybe help serve in that way, um, you know, to come in and help with the kids and so on and so forth and just you know affirm that this is this is a high calling as well yeah. um, maybe just not quote unquote so public mm. that's good that's good I'd say conflict is another one mm-hmm. right when you're dating there's always this oh we don't fight or you know it's everything is good and and actually I mean the the sooner you can speak up for yourself <laughs> right because what ends up happening in, in a marriage is I mean, Christina was uber extroverted when we met and I was uber introverted when we met. (laughs) And over the years, we've kind of helped each other grow to be a little bit more in the middle. So marriage changes. Yeah. And and you're not you're I mean, we're not static beings. We're very dynamic. So so, yeah, you marry someone and they're a certain they have a certain personality. But but as the years go by, Mm -hmm. you're not married to the same person you married. You're changing, you're growing. And if both sides are continuing to grow mm-hmm. and both sides are continuing to to uh, to understand, hey, we are continuing to grow together. Yes. I mean, that's going to help a ton in your understanding of, hey, yeah, this is how it used to be. But actually, I've changed now. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's OK to do that. Yes. But unless you're actually verbalizing wh- how you feel and what you think and you're actually able to and not afraid of get to get into conflict mm-hmm. you'll never get there because someone's just you're just going to be sweeping it under the carpet and the other person you you might be sweeping it under the carpet whereas the other person thinks you're the, exactly the same person even though you're having this internal turmoil right and i think alongside with changing daniel um a big part i think that is not necessarily talked about in the church in general but also in marriage is when mental health comes into play like postpartum depression Uh or just uh, you know anxiety develops or or different things like that Mm -hmm. where it's like okay i thought you were one way and you used to be so joyful and so full of life and now uh, like i don't know who this is 
realize like why are there so many more dark days than sunshine days Mm -hmm. and really learning to grow in that together and to persevere through through the good times and the really difficult times as well yeah Yeah. i'd say pornography as well oh yeah i mean we're just we're listening yeah yeah we're listening (laughs) so so the big so here's the thing about pornography right i mean I was addicted to pornography as a teenager for years, years. And for me to go from there into marriage and think that sex is whatever I saw it to be and whatever mm-hmm. I thought it to be is very disappointing, right? And and for you to live in both worlds, to be like, yes, I'm married, but I'm also watching a porn, porn mm-hmm. is highly destructive to your marriage. Now, the interesting thing over the years is porn has become more and more accepted and normative per our culture where it's not a uh, it's it's not seen as a trafficked in a, a, a horrible industry right where so many people are in slavery mm-hmm. and in bondage and trafficked and it's glorified or it's normalized by our culture. And when that happens and it's brought into the marriage relationship, I mean, that actually very much dis- it, it, it destroys your sense of satisfaction it destroys mm-hmm. your sense of contentment it's, it destroys and it's it's trust. unreal it destroys yep. trust and it's unreal so i mean that's one of the things where it's like hey if you were uh, addicted to pornography or watched a lot of pornography and then you got married and you didn't deal with that i mean that's gonna you're bringing that into your your marriage and even though maybe you're hiding it, <laughs> yep. maybe you're not talking about it, but it's affecting your thoughts because mm-hmm. guys are very visual, right? And I think I remember someone saying it's it takes over 10 years, more than 10 years for an image that you saw to be wiped away from your brain. Mm-hmm. 10 years. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's, that's a long it's time. A really that's long a decade. Time. It is. Mm-hmm. It is. Yeah. The interesting thing as you're saying that... Um, I don't expect you to have our previous episodes memorized or anything, (laughs) but uh, (laughs) what you're talking about is a lot of the things we've talked about on the show, Mm. saying like mental health, uh, addictions, uh, even abuse, um, Mm. uh, grief and loss, money. Uh, you didn't mention money, but you were just about to, I, I sensed. Um, <laughs> you took the point. words right yeah. out of my mouth. Yeah. Um, and just even talking about identity and those sorts of things oh, are yeah. all subjects we've talked about. And so mm. it's, uh, it's almost like the realness of life. People see, um, what I hear you kind of saying is people aren't expecting the realness of life to invade on their marriage. They think mm-hmm. that marriage is going to be this... Um, utopic uh, fantasy of just everything is easy because we're together and we've got a team working on this thing. So all my problems are going to be smaller. All of my issues are going to be smaller, those sorts of things. And the reality sets in and um, people are often not prepared. Is that? Yeah, and, and the, yeah, yeah. And the reason why, right, is because if you're walking into marriage with that idea, ultimately, you're walking into marriage expecting to be served. Mm-hmm. You're walking into marriage expecting to get. And you're like, wow, my life is going to be so much better because now I don't need to cook dinner or now I don't need to vacuum the house or now I don't need to watch Netflix by myself <laughs> or now, you know, like I'm and, and you think it's, it's all about what you can get. And obviously you're going to be dissatisfied because you didn't marry a robot. 
<laughs> you didn't marry someone who is like, oh, my entire life purpose <laughs> yeah, is to please you and right. to live. No, it's I mean, they you, you have married a different person. And and that I mean, so so the danger of thinking of that, right, is you walk into marriage and you're like, well, this actually it's not like this. Mm-hmm. OK, I'll have kids because my kids can be my servants right? or my kids, can, you know, and, my, uh, joy and my, my soul broken. No, no, it doesn't. Oh, OK, that doesn't work. OK, then maybe my job. Oh, I've, I've been married now for a few years. I got a promotion at work. Now I'm managing people. OK, now my employees can be, you know, my servants. And, and you know, you just, it just it's that cycle mm-hmm. of where, where you're just trying to find contentment. Yeah, that's the, the crazy thing to me is how people get away with believing that marriage could be easy <laughs> for so long. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know where that comes from because I, I'm just picturing, imagine like you with all your flaws and all your like your screw ups and your hang ups and then agreeing to bind yourself to another person who is equally flawed and thinking, oh, that'll make things better. That's much easier. Oh yeah, that'll be great. Now we can just be screwed up together and everything will be great. Mm-hmm. It's it's kind of funny that, uh, that that would kind of be the thing that people believe that, oh marriage is just great well i i found when i got married my wife is amazing i married way up and uh that is very helpful for me not so much for her uh, but <laughs> um but i remember just realizing one day oh my goodness just how selfish i was because i finally Fine. had like a a marker a benchmark like Here's this woman who loves me, who like, like just poured herself out for me. And I was just like, yep, more please. Thank you. Yep. I'll take that. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, exactly. And, Sweet. And Keep it coming. When we had kids, it was even like more of a slap in the face because it was like, okay, if you don't feed me, if you don't look after me, I will die. And, and I was like, no, I still like myself better. And it was just so shocking to me what a selfish, horrible person I was. And it's like just the um, opportunity for marriage to be uh, an agent for change in your life because it, it right. shows you it's that mirror that says, you know, here's what uh, the world is seeing. Yeah, and that's actually, I think, the one of the greatest things. I mean, I'm very new to marriage. I've only been married for like... I don't know, 14 months maybe now. Um, oh, so, baby. Yeah, we're baby Congratulations. No. We're, we're super young. But when you're single, you get away with so much crap. Like, oh, yeah. you can just avoid <laughs> the people who don't call you out on, like, the stuff that you're doing. And you mm-hmm. can just, like, meander through life not knowing how much of a butthole you are. And that's actually True. not helpful whatsoever. And to have, actually, that opportunity to have the light shone on, like, the darkest areas of your personality is is a wonderful opportunity for you to actually grow out of them and it's painful it really hurts yeah. i remember yeah. tim tim keller saying like you if you go to the doctor and if they like you want them to tell you if you have cancer you maybe mm-hmm. not want to hear that because it's devastating to you and that changes your life but you need to know it's there so that you can extract that from your body because it is killing you so i mean that's the other side of like, you know, we're talking about how hard marriage is, but I mean, it is, Mm -hmm. it is great, right? Like it's great in in a lot of hard ways. And you know, there are a lot of easy things about marriage too. Um, so far, I mean, 14 months into it, there are certain things that are definitely easy for me at this point. Um, but one of the things that, uh, that strikes me is just this idea of, um, of, of conflict. And for many of our listeners, I think 
many of them are probably single or in relationships or want to get married or don't want to get married or or Mm -hmm. in that phase of their life where they're looking ahead to you know should i marry this person or should i not marry this person is is there a way in in your experience is there a way that people can tell the difference between like oh we have conflict all the time this is healthy or "Mm, this conflict is actually not good is there is there anything to tell those two apart that's a wonderful question. Yeah, so, that is. Um, I would think that it's when you're when you're getting to know a person, and I'm gonna say too in social media aspect that maybe a lot of times y'all are not even really talking face to face, and so you're missing the cues of body language, and maybe you're just texting all the time or just calling. And so, uh, in terms of the conflict aspect, I would also see how they handle conflict with other people especially um, like really close friends or with parents and family to see like are they just putting up a front like are they you're you know you're having a little conflict and they're like oh don't worry about it we're we'll just we'll just sort it out later and then you realize that they're the kind of people who to like keep it all in until like they can't keep it all in anymore and then they just explode like a huge volcano Mm -hmm. and it just comes flowing out and you're like whoa i don't know this side about you like what just happened there yeah i mean it's good to know for example are you when it comes to conflict are you the person who brings out your boxing gloves Mm -hmm. or do you bring out your broom and you sweep it under the 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 rug right and it's important to understand because christina very much is the boxing glove type of person i wasn't always like that though i was not so talking about family beforehand my family was very much just zip it and you know go and and handle it yourself and then pretend or they they would go behind closed doors and it would just be that like charlie brown kind of i don't know what's happening and then they come out and they're all happy i'm like okay yeah so yeah that's how it was before and then i i don't know i just realized like you needed at least something but then (laughs) then it just all came out (laughs) (laughs) yeah so and when it comes to the relationship i mean you need to see how your potential girlfriend or boyfriend Mm -hmm. relates with the people closest to them relates with family members right Right. Girls, you need to see how your boyfriend reacts with his mom and interacts mm-hmm. with his mom, mm-hmm. because that is going to be very telling and indicative to what your relationship might be like 20, 30 years. In. Yes, very true. And I think something else to add is community. Um, mm-hmm. If you're dating this person or uh Oftentimes, you know, you you just crave alone time with them so that you can connect or whatever. But there's something really to be said about community and, and getting other voices. So if your girlfriends or guy friends that you hang out with are like, why are you with her? Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's a good indicator that maybe that's not a great relationship. It's pulling right. you down or it's, it's... It's huge. Yeah. Or, you know having good friends that can call out like we just don't see what you're seeing uh Mm -hmm. that is so important uh because you can get you can get hoodwinked you can get like you know rose-colored glasses Mm -hmm. completely yeah right well on the flip side too and this is part of our story is that um we had a ton of friends on this mission trip who were like, why aren't you and Daniel together? Like, you are so good together. But I was like, but I have all these non-negotiables. Like, God and I have this thing. And <laughs> like, what is it? And they're like, well, you know, he's, he's younger than me and he's Asian and it's long distance and it's this and this. And then them calling me out, especially I mean, like, 
those are selfish, Christina. Those are so selfish. Like, why are you not seeing this? Yeah, I mean, imagine, I, I, I wonder what would have happened if they didn't call you out on that. Yeah, I would have been, I'm very stubborn. I would have been probably stuck in my ways. I mean, like, I, I think I like him, but these are, like, I have yeah. a certain standard that I think, like, God has put his <laughs> approval on. I married on. up to it, Eric. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I definitely did. Um, and so, like, I you know maybe would have I don't know how it is you never know but Mm -hmm. I think um I really needed someone to kind of shake me and being like you are going to miss out on on someone who's super amazing and is so good for you and can have the iron and sharpens iron but also the fact that he can really teach you so much about God's love and God's redemption as well Mm. just maybe teeing off on that a little bit so if you didn't realize what was in front of you, this godly Asian man that was maybe younger than you, but that was okay. Uh, <laughs> Eventually. <laughs> is there one? Like there, I remember when I was in high school oh, and yes. dating, and I was always chasing the one and just like trying to figure out God's will on who should I marry. And, and uh, do, where have you landed in... in and what you think about that. Yeah. I know I have my own thoughts, mm-hmm. but... Right. Yeah. I, I, I'd say it like this. I don't... I ultimately don't know if there's a one or not. Mm-hmm. Right? And I don't necessarily I know if, if you would... If you can tell on this side of eternity whether or not that's true. Now, in God's purview and His providence, He may have a one for you as He is guiding and directing but when it comes to this side of eternity, I don't think there's any way for us to actually know that. Right. So when it comes to the whole running running analogy again, mm-hmm. I'd say if you are single and you are trying to figure out if the person you're dating is the one or if you're trying to figure out, hey, who is the one? Who do I need to who do I need to look for? How do I need to get myself ready? Well, the, the way that you find that is you just need to run the race of faith. Mm-hmm. You need to set your focus on God. You need to run. And as you're running, this is what's going to happen. Think about a race. As you're running, you're going to see people who are ahead of you and you're going to see people who are behind you. And you're going to, as you're running, you're going to pass people. Now, the thing that you don't want to do as you're coming up and as you're about to pass someone and this is what I see a lot of people do is they, their focus is on God and now they've passed someone. They might even even met them uh, at Power to Change, right? Or mm-hmm. on, on the college campus or at church and you were both worshiping God and you were both serving. And all of a sudden, yeah, you both were running toward God, focused on him. And now all of a sudden you've placed your focus on each other and you've just hit a tree. <laughs> right, you've slept with the ch- with each other. You've kind of disqualified yourself for uh, maybe leadership in your in your ministry, and you've you've just hit the tree, and you're like, oh, now what? It w- was 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 I wrong? Was that what w- what happened? So you kind of pick yourself up and you keep on going. So when you think about it, it's like, hey, all you have to do is just keep on running the race of faith mm-hmm. with perseverance, and there's going to come a time where there you're going to meet someone who is running at the same pace as you. Right. And what happens when you run at the same pace with someone else, and this is the beautiful thing about marriage, is you actually start running faster. And when one person is slowing down, the other person can pull them mm-hmm. up and mm-hmm. can encourage can them. Mm-hmm. So marriage is great. 
I am all for yes, marriage. I think we talked yeah, a, lo- a, a lot, lot about, about the, the hard heart. times. And yeah. yes, there are. But there are, uh, there are some amazing, amazing, sweet, sweet yes. times yeah. for sure. Um, I think we're thankfully in a season where there's a lot more, you know, a lot more joy yeah. than tears. Mm-hmm. That's not always that way. But we are in we're in we're in this kind of season. Yeah. So and I want to say too, Daniel, that you're talking about. Um, I agree in the sense of like. I honestly don't really know if there's the one. And I always like to ask people if they're asking me, is there the one, Christina? And I turn around and ask, why are you asking? Because I think a lot of times we think and we put this whatever one person on a pedestal, like he is going to have this color hair and this eyes and he's going to have this job and blah, 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 blah. And somehow if we find this perfect person that we have conjured up in our head, that life is going to be easier, Mm. that you are going to be more complete, that your marriage may not fail like your parents have, or it won't be this or that or that or that. But you know what? Let's hypothetically, hypothetically, let's say there is the one. Guess what? You are still going to have conflict. You are still going to have tears. You are still going to have pain. Yes, you will have joy and and those moments as well. But it's not going to be perfect. No matter what, if you're with the ones, quote unquote, you are still two sinful people. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, my my father-in-law joked with me when, uh, when we were dating uh, you know, about the one and so on. <laughs> when you get married, she is the one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So oh, regardless, exactly. regardless like if right. you think she's the one, once you guys get married, she is. <laughs> Forever. Yeah, I really like that. That's, those <laughs> yeah. are some wise words there. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to, you're going to say that, right? Yeah, to, of course. Yeah, of course. There you go. Yeah. So, <laughs> Thank <well>. you, Eric. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and like, I don't know, 10, 15 years, we're going to yeah. have to, we're going to have to pull that one out for our kids. <laughs> <sighs> don't talk about it. Yeah. No. <laughs> Yeah. Stay with us forever. Your daddy is the one. <laughs> you will stay at home. <laughs> to an appropriate yeah. time and then you must leave. <laughs> yes, this is true. This is true. There you go. Well, um, one thing we, we often do and uh, in the podcast is we talk about, you know, what are the helpful conversations they're having? What are the unhelpful conversations? And just maybe quickly, um, you know, we could frame that up and... Um, say in your experience and i'm thinking more your personal experience less Mm -hmm. your podcasting or pastoring experience um what were some of the helpful conversations that set you up for marriage or relationships well and what were some of the conversations that like uh did not set you up well so let's let's take the positive first and uh don't you want to end with a positive? You know, like you have a yeah. good good taste in your yeah, mouth. Yeah, but they got the, the last. <laughs> they got the last word. Then that's true. They can come so, around. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Sounds good. Um, I think positive things. Two things, and I'm going to be very frank here. I don't think we talked about sex quite a bit, but um, I grew up in a home where we didn't really talk about that. Like that was just something that my parents, um, I don't know, they just didn't talk about it. And um, within the church context that I went to, all I knew was sex was bad. That was it. Sex before marriage was wrong. Um, And that's that. 
And so even just the mechanics of sex, so to speak, like I didn't know anything about it. Um, a really helpful relation, like conversation seriously was from I was working at the church as a piano teacher and my boss, who was a female, came in and closed the door and she's like, Christina, you're about to get married and I need to tell you some things about sex. And I was like, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, what do you mean? And she was just telling like a few points of like, you know, to, to make sure that you don't have this or this then you need to do this um and i was like oh i had no idea they don't even talk about it in like you know the like christian sex marriage books or whatever and i was Mm. like oh i didn't know that and she's like i wish someone had told me because on my honeymoon i actually had to go to the emergency because of things that happened and whatnot and i was like oh okay so thank you so that is actually one thing i do do if we're going to do premarital counseling um i talk to you know the the um the girl herself and i'm like okay let me tell you a few things if you haven't heard about these practical things about sex we are gonna have this discussion right now that's good that's good (laughs) you're like "Uh." i'm like what do i say now (laughs) (laughs) and i'm not getting into the specifics so y'all if you're like what is she talking about and you are a female you are more than welcome to email me and we will talk (laughs) yeah you're doing it all red. Okay, positive. Yeah, what yeah, other positive you, you things? Keep have on, you keep on going. <laughs> that that is great, though. I mean, I appreciate the fact that you said that because that is quite literally one of the most undiscussed things in the church, right? Like people mm-hmm. are so afraid of sex, and so like you're taught that it's just bad your entire life until you get married, right. and then suddenly a like a switch flips, and it's great, and you just have to change like all those years of. Uh, maybe indoctrination is too hard of a word, but right. no, well. I don't think I don't think it is. Is it? It it's bad, 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 bad. Oh, good. it's good. Yeah. Not, and how do yeah. you how do you flip one eighty so quickly and then suddenly just need to like know everything that there is to know? I remember, right. Exactly. I remember early, very early in our marriage, my wife like like sat bolt upright in bed and like shook me awake. It was like, what have we done? And it, so, I, oh wait, we're married. And then she went back to sleep. <laughs> I was like, That's that is awesome. not the way I want to wake up in the morning. <laughs> but it's like, it's so true that like, yep. she was so stressed about like purity culture and all of that. Right. And we may get to that on a different podcast yeah, episode. Yeah, it deserves probably a three-parter yeah. for the amount yes, we talk about completely. it. But uh, yeah, that it, sex is not just all bad. Sex is very good in the proper context yeah Yeah, and i think on the flip side because we're talking about sex for the guy it's like marriage is more than just sex yes it's not just like uh now i have a ring on my finger let's let's go to town every day every minute sex all the time right (laughs) and it's just and and it's it it requires relationship it's a relationship and it requires work and and you're not marrying your buddy Right. You're not just sitting side by side playing video games Mm -hmm. or watching Netflix. Mm -hmm. It's a relationship that needs to continue to be cultivated and poured in. And the other thing is you need to continue to woo and you need to continue to date your spouse. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. She said yes. Yes. She is the one now both ways. But she is a human being (laughs) and she needs to be wooed and you want to keep on capturing her heart. You Mm -hmm. want to keep on serving her and loving her. Whereas it's really easy to just be like, okay, well, you know, I conquered that mountain. 
And, you know, as a guy, it's like, okay, what's my next mountain I want to conquer? Mm-hmm. Well, it's my career mountain or it's this mountain or that. And, and it's like, no, actually, this is you want to you want to keep on growing and investing uh, into the marriage. Yes. And males and females are very, very different. Yeah. And they are turned on differently as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they need different things to be able to be ready to have sex. Yeah, that's true. So I feel like we've just opened up a whole other. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we have I was going to say, now part two, another hour. Here we go. <laughs> so maybe we'll flip to the other side. Is there a negative conversation that uh, set you up poorly for marriage that uh, you're now trying to work backwards and undo? For me, nothing really comes to mind. Mm. And I wonder if it's just because we got married so early. We did. Like right out of university. Yes. Um, We were like very early, early 20s. Yeah. Um, and I think that had its own challenges in in itself, you know, like yeah, we, we talked about money. We were <laughs> we were babies, we were quite naive. We also had like three pennies to our name. Um and so really um in that way, I mean it was good too. It was hard, but in that way we really were able to, you know, when it says like man does not live by bread alone, but on every word of God, we literally were like on our hands and knees being like, God, we can't pay our rent. Yeah. Yeah. Um and have food. Yeah. So so please. <laughs> and for our Asian culture, yes. I mean, we really bucked the trend in we that did. even our parents let us let us get married. Oh, that's at a that whole other too. story. Yeah, that, that really is a whole. Oh, well, story. you know what? And that that there you go. Bing, bing, bing. There bing. it is. So that's the advice where I felt like we had very, very contrasting um, comments from Christians and non-Christians. Didn't matter if you're Christian or non-Christian. Everyone had an opinion on this. And so to give you a little bit of a background, yeah, we got married really, really young. We're both from Asian, different cultures. Daniel's from Korean. I'm from Chinese culture. And but within the, your family and being very strong in your Korean culture, you had older sisters who were not married yet. Mm-hmm. And in that culture, you need you should have the older siblings. I don't think it matters if it's if it's um, boy or girl, but your older siblings should get married first. Mm-hmm. And then you and then, you know, kind of in that pecking order. And so your parents were like, yes, we bless this engagement. And this was after we were engaged. But they said, um, now you need to wait for three years because we want to give your, you know, your siblings a chance to get married. And so uh, we were obviously devastated. This just kind of came out from left field. And so we were consulting, you know, friends and and family yeah. members and church members. And it was very much like, OK, well, where does the leave and cleave thing happen here? Does that happen when you have a ring on your finger? Does it happen now? And so I remember people being like, literally, I remember. Do you remember this? Do you know people yep. be like, just go ahead and get married. Yeah. Even if your parents say no, just go ahead and get married. God will honor it. And as soon as you have grandchildren, then your parents will come along. Yeah. And we were Well-meaning, like, well, yes. Very, and saying like, yeah. oh, this is what that, this is what we did. And it turned out fine. So don't worry about it. Just do like God has obviously called you guys together. So just be together. Yeah. And I mean, we sought God like tears over and over and over again and really felt like, no, we need to submit to his parent, to your parents, Daniel. But really, it ultimately we are submitting to God and that um, he will change their hearts and he will change our hearts. And long story short, we did get married in the time that we wanted to. But I just remember that whole like 
like I don't know it was just such 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 like different advice and we were like oh I yeah. really don't know what to do like I, I don't feel like I can listen to anybody I really at, at this point really feel like I need to be like God you need to be yelling at us right now because I don't want to you know disrespect our parents and and all of that but at the same time like I don't want to be engaged for three years I don't think that's healthy so yeah I mean the biggest thing out of that is you are not just marrying your girlfriend or your boyfriend Mm -hmm. you are marrying their family yes and that family dynamic I know every couple spends different amounts of time with each side's family and there's a lot of customs and traditions and all that stuff that ends up happening and and yes maybe when you're a bit younger there's not as much time that that you're going to spend but as you have kids or if you have kids Mm -hmm. and as you get older and as they get older I mean it's just you can't (laughs) <laughs> you are marrying into the family, Completely. you know, both sides. And that's, mm-hmm. that's for really better or important. For yeah, worse. for better or for worse. <laughs> and that's really, really important to consider. Yeah. Yeah. Now we're going to have to do another podcast episode on family dynamics. <laughs> yes. Because yeah. that is just, you know, yeah. but there's lots to talk about as well. Yeah. That's a huge topic, especially in, in mixed mm-hmm. culture uh, relationships too. You just oh, have, yeah. Exactly. Like it's, it is makes it's up true. so much of your identity and like honoring your parents is such a big it factor does. in that. So it's really complicated. Um, and I think a theme in our in our show, in every one of our episodes, is that things mm-hmm. aren't as black and white as we want them to be. Uh, life is nuanced. People are complicated. Relationships are life. infinitely more so. And uh, there isn't an easy answer um, to a lot of life's questions. Um, but there are things that we can learn and there's there's progress to be made in how we have those discussions and how we um how we approach certain topics and ideas and uh for those listening who um who are are interested in learning more uh about uh about you guys or interested in um learning about you know relationships marriage uh sex pretty much everything that we've talked about uh, what's something that mm-hmm. you would leave them with to to encourage them yeah, I mean, I'd encourage you to look up in between on your podcasting app. Mm-hmm. Uh, our last name is I M in between or in between dot org, and you can follow along and and see what we've been talking about. Right? Yeah, uh, we've talked about like we were talking about. We talked about um, like how to not hate your in laws, like that family dynamics. We talked about pornography. We talked about yeah. um, like is there the one, and even like we talked about um, the new dating rules that are happening. There's a lot of topics that we that we have. Um, dived deeper into that we sort of touched on the surface here yeah yeah but i mean in terms of a of a parting word i would just say whether you're married or not uh your ultimate contentment and satisfaction cannot come from another human being exactly right it can't come from your job it can't come from the stuff you own uh it can't come from anything other than god Mm -hmm. Uh, because when it does uh it's just it's it's like you'll never be satisfied. And in marriage, even when it comes to, hey, my marriage is not satisfying, so I'm going to place all of my identity in my kids, and mm-hmm. I'm going to raise them up, and they're going to love me, and, and, and we're going to have such a close relationship. And, and eventually, you know, when they leave, it's like you're heartbroken, right? And you see that happening, right? You see that mm-hmm. happening where empty nesters will get a divorce, right? Or empty nesters uh, will all of a sudden, they, they wake up, there are no kids in the home, and they have no marriage. Mm-hmm. Because they've been trying to find their contentment, not in their spouse, uh, but in their kids. Right. So when it comes to all that, it's just, um, yeah. Yep. Um, Patrick, I think it was you that you were talking about community as well. Just the importance of community that can come and surround y'all and pray for you and to 
call things out. Maybe being like, you know, I don't think you should be going to this restaurant with, you know, another lady when your wife is at home and you're lying to her about it. Like stuff like that, where you Mm. allow people to speak truth into you. Those are some impeccable final words. Oh, he's back. He's back. Welcome back. All you, night long. I was going to say, you held it back so many times. Yeah, I, it's been there for a while. Yeah. <laughs> he's just waiting, waiting. Yeah, thank you so much for being with us on the show today. And uh, yeah, please do go check out In Between on your uh, podcatcher. We have enjoyed uh, hanging out with you and yeah, totally. uh, seeing, you know, five square feet of your kitchen and uh, <laughs> uh, hearing many y'alls. I, I felt warmer just uh, hearing your southern <laughs> uh, vocab- southern comfort. I have to say, southern yeah. comfort totally, yeah. the biscuit and butter coming out. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, so thanks guys and uh, we'll uh, see, well I guess not see, we'll catch our listeners on our next episode. This episode of Undiscussed was produced by Patrick Erskine and Eric Humphrey. Editing done by Ben Skinner and the music was produced by Ian Post. Go to p2c.sh undiscussed to find more episodes, show notes, and information about our podcast. That's p2c.sh undiscussed. Also, remember to subscribe if you like what you hear, and you can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at UndiscussedPod, all one word. If you've got feedback for us, don't leave it undiscussed. Next week, we talk with John Collins from The Bible Project about the Bible. So yeah, strangely, I mean, that's what's weird, is like the Bible in my, it was so important in my faith tradition, but for me, it always was like, the thing I'm supposed to do. I'm supposed to understand it. Um, I also, but but I love to try to understand things, and I love to explain things. And and um, I've had some influential, you know, teachers in my life who were really good at explaining things. And so I really want, I really wanted to do that. And that's why I went to Bible college. Was I was like, oh, maybe I could figure this out. Maybe I could help explain it to others. And. Like I said, sometime in my early 20s, I just was like, yeah, no, I don't think I'm going to be able to do this. Um, it's just way over my head. Like, I just, I'm, I'm making stuff up. <laughs> and I'm, like, I don't understand it. And I got a lot to figure out. 